Hey everybody, welcome back to What Happened to You. Today I have Alex Schrock with me. Alex, thank you so much for being here, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm I'm glad to, even though it took me like forever. I'm sorry. Oh, it's no. hard with kids and shit. And they're toddlers, so it's like even worse. So <laughs> I never get a break. Don't sweat it at all. I'm really happy to have you here now. <laughs> what happened to you? Um, so I guess I'll just start it off at the beginning. So I'm from Ukraine. I was adopted. I'm not like from the US. From what I know, my like original parents are like dead. And I don't know because my parents, my adopted parents kind of lie about everything. So like they died and that's why I got put in an orphanage. That's from from what I know. But I got adopted at five for uh, my brother's 10th birthday. Um, It was literally me. I was like his birthday present, like like not even shitting you. Like he wanted a little (laughs) brother. My mom couldn't have kids anymore. And they went and adopted me. So, so that literally her biological son's birthday, she got you. Yeah, they on my birthday is when they signed the adoptive or on hit my older brother's birthday is when they signed the adoptive paperwork. <laughs> That's like, quite a birthday present. Wow. Yeah, I was it was it was I think it's like the funniest thing. Like I think I was like, oh wow, I was a birthday present. I think it's literally the funniest <laughs> thing of like the whole thing. It's like it all started because of a birthday present. Yeah, we got you a pack um, of Pokemon cards and another human being. <laughs> yeah. And so, but while they were there, Ukraine was like, hey, he has a sister. You guys need to adopt him, adopt her too, to adopt him. So they were like, you know, you need to adopt both. So they ab- adopted both. And then I went, they, they adopted us. We went back to Alabama. That's where I grew up. The rest of my life was in Alabama. I never moved anywhere. Just like that was where I was at. But really like the abuse, kind of like the abuse for me started off like right off the bat, because I didn't know English at all. I knew Ukrainian. Um, I didn't know English. But if I, the one thing that I always tell people is like the one word that I remember always getting wrong. And I don't know why the fuck I remember this exact word, but was I would always say milk wrong. And my mom would like hit me if I said it wrong. And how did you say it? I don't remember. I can't say it wrong now. It's like weird. Like I can say it like right now but i can't i couldn't like it, it was just weird but I, I would like pronounce the i wrong so it'd be like milk or something like that like milk. around that yeah so i would i would pronounce it with an accent and everything but my mom hated it and she would like take a spatula or anything that was like right around her and just like start hitting me with it and i was homeschooled for like most of my life all the way up to like i was in ninth grade so it's kind of important for later of why she got away with like so much abuse was because I was homeschooled for most mm-hmm. of it. Um, but so she would, she would start, she would like start hitting me and everything. Obviously I kept acting out because I like, I didn't know what the fuck was going on. I went to a therapist. My mom like enrolled me in therapy and the therapist was like asking me, I was around like seven, eight when I started going to a therapist and she was asking me like, what was going on with my family dynamic and all this stuff. And I said that I wasn't part of the family and I was just adopted, you know, like everything. Like I just didn't, like, I really just didn't feel special. Like it was like, I, I knew I was adopted. I knew I wasn't their kid. It was never like I felt part of their family. I knew I was adopted, knew I wasn't originally part of their family and never felt like I was part of their family. And so I guess what the therapist told my mom was, hey, he doesn't feel included. He doesn't feel like he's part of the family. So my mom, in her brilliance, decided to go. Do you know what? I'm not sure if you've ever heard of skin to skin contact. Do you know what that is? 
Um, yeah, we had to talk about that. Uh, when I went to trial, they made a big deal about so so I had to go to trial for when I spoke up about getting molested by my friend's dad. And uh, they made a big deal about skin to skin contact, because the majority of the times that he molested me, it wasn't skin to skin. And then when that did happen, that was like a big point of the trial, because it's like, well, this is non accidental, uh, something like that. But how, how do you mean it exactly? Okay, so what I mean is, so like when, when you're a baby, a lot of times they'll, they'll tell the mother, or the dad to it's skin to skin contact. It's so your baby is like a couple months old, right? You're holding your baby. You don't have, you're like, you know, it's like when a baby's breastfeeding, right? That's skin to skin contact. It's, it's bonding with the kid bonds with the mother, not, not in the way that you're saying, like for the legal term of it, it's more of a psychological thing for babies Got to it. like bond with and everything. The, the only problem was that I was not a baby. I was eight years old. So. And sorry, does it, my, do you mean that she was, she was breastfeeding or was it like a different? No. You, I, so no. So like my mom, my mom wasn't like, my mom would like make me suck on her tits and everything. Uh -huh. But I mean, she didn't have a baby anytime, like any time around me. So she couldn't breastfeed, but she, right. it was like that, that that's what she was trying to do basically. So what she would do is she would like get me naked, get her, she would be naked and she'd start like having me like suck on her tits and stuff like that. And, you know, and that's where it started yeah. off. And it actually happened to my sister too. That part happened to my sister. Right. Um, what happened with me was my mom took it a step further. The, the sucking on the tits and everything. That's, that's all that happened to my sister. Cause me mm -hmm. and my sister are like really open with each other about exactly what happened and what happened to like me was that my mom would then like go and be like, you need to come snuggle with me in, in the bed. Like after my dad would leave for work, you know, and she'd like have my clothes off and then she'd like make me like touch her stuff and like touch me and everything. You know what I mean? Yeah. And at the time I didn't think of anything of it. Like I just didn't think anything of it. I didn't think like it was weird. I basically just thought, you know, it was normal because I just didn't know. Um, and like after that, my mom would still abuse me and beat me. Um, she would, you know, lock me up in air, like in, in like the laundry room for hours on end. She would like beat the fuck out of me and my sister. Um, like one time I didn't know where to put a potato masher and she took the potato masher and she literally was just like, started beating my head with it. And then when I was like, like 10, my mom would tie me to her bed, strip me naked. And she would take a belt to like my crotch and she would just like whip it and if i screamed i would get five more lashes until i could like i guess not scream right yeah it was a it was a weird thing like she was like you can't you can't make noise you can't you know it and everything and i just wanted to ask because you you know you were saying that there there was a lot of there like there was a language barrier obviously you know you yeah. been adopted at the age of five so at, at this point are you guys able to communicate are you understanding what she's saying yeah, no, I, yeah. So like, by like, by like first grade, I knew exactly what she was saying. I knew English. I knew it very well. I had completely forgotten my other language. Like, like, I don't know Ukrainian today. For sure. At all. So, and I think, oh, and then when I was in second grade, right. So my, my mom had this weird thing. So like my sister, like she hated my sister, a, like a lot. Right. But she would do like mental stuff with her more than it was like physical. 
So like if anyone complimented my sister, so like I, we were at church one time and someone called my sister's hair really, really pretty. She, my sister, when she was younger, had really long hair, mm-hmm. right? And they were like, oh, your hair is really long and pretty. The next day, my mom cut it all off. Wow. Just literally just cut it all off. Just, be, just because my sister got a freaking compliment. And my, my sister went and like went and tried to get my mom's makeup one time to like do her makeup. And she like beat my sister's hands. And my mom, when I was in second grade had tried to enroll me in private school, my sister was in first grade, the teachers noticed and called like, I call it DHR. I think a lot of people call it CPS, child protective services. They called CPS as they should have, because, you know, there was bruises on her hands mm-hmm. and my mom went and told me that if I told the truth that I would get put back in the orphanage. Right. And like, at this point I was so scared because like, I didn't feel like I belonged with my adoptive family at all, but I also still remembered being at the orphanage and that shit wasn't fun either. You know what I mean? So to me, I was kind of like, well, no, I don't want to go back to the orphanage. That's scary. Did you experience any abuse at the orphanage? I mean, it wasn't really that it was like, I don't think it was like per se abuse on on intentional abuse. I wouldn't say it's that there was so it's Ukraine is a really, really poor country. Um, They don't have any resources. They're 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 in poverty, like a shit ton of fucking poverty. So they just didn't have the resources. Right. So it wasn't intentional abuse. You know, it was more like malnourished. The kids were not being watched. So the kids were mean to each other. You know what I mean? It wasn't that it was like the adults being abusive. It wasn't that they meant to be abusive. It's not even, I don't think that they meant to have their kids in a bad situation, right? Got they it. just didn't have the money. Like, you know, like group homes in America are underfunded and Ukraine is 10 times worse than that. So you're going to have a bad environment because there's just no, no support for it. And the reason that I, at, at the time that I thought Ukraine was worse was because I thought in a way the abuse and this me getting hit by my mom now was my fault I, because she would always say that I was being a bad kid, mm-hmm. you know? So I, in my head, I was like, well, if I'm just, if I just stop being so bad, if I just stop annoying her, I won't get hit. So like, it wasn't really that I thought that there was even abuse. It wasn't that in my brain, I was comparing abuse, you know, yeah. I was comparing me getting punished all the time to me being not taken care of. Right. But me being punished all the time, I thought was just because I was a bad kid. Mm-hmm. you know so in my head so i lied um she told my brother that he would get arrested and she told my dad that he would also get arrested because she said that my dad would would be part of it so like if they found out it's like cps found out what had actually happened that my mom had beat my sister with a belt on her hands my dad would get arrested for being part of it you know and so what was your relationship with your dad like while this is going on? I was going to ask because it, it, I wasn't sure. So he he was aware that this was going on then or was this his first time finding out no, about the beating specifically? He was aware. And it's something that I still like I'm kind of confused about today, you know, because like if I'm a dad now and I, if I was married to someone who was abusing my kids, I would go and out her, you know, I'd protect my kids. Yeah. But in my dad's head, he couldn't do anything. Um, and it was this, and it was this really weird conversation that I had had when I was older with him that made me realize he literally just thought he could not, not do anything. So I would think I was like 15, my sister and my mom had gotten into a fight. It, the whole family got involved, you know, hands were thrown. You know, my mom was trying to like punch my sister. My dad was trying to keep my mom away. My brother was trying to keep my mom away. 
you know, I was trying to get my sister out of it because me and my sister have always been really, really close. So I, I was protecting my sister mm-hmm. and, you know, it went completely crazy. And, you know, my sister like got her arm broken and everything. Right. And so I like everyone went to their rooms basically. And my dad came down and he said, Hey, I'm sorry that this all just happened to you. And to this whole situation went out of control. And I said, you could have stopped it. And he was like, no, I couldn't. I was like, you know, that Robin, which was my mom's name, mm-hmm. um, was bad. Yeah. And my dad was, he was like, if I, if I go against her, I'll lose every, everything. He was like, I'll lose my job. I'll lose my son. I'll lose you. I'll lose. It was like, I'll lose everything. And he was like, there's, there's no way. So I don't know what my mom told him or what my mom convinced him into doing or thinking that he felt that he literally would be the one to get in trouble for everything, which is okay. what I think. Yeah, my dad was never really abusive towards us. I mean, there was times where he like spanked us, but I don't think spanking is abuse. You know what I mean? Gotcha. There was times where I was genuinely a bad kid and my dad did genuinely punish me for me being a bad kid. Um, and there's definitely the a difference. Yeah, surely there's a difference between spanking and beating somebody on the nuts and dick with a belt. I think that yeah. there's a pretty substantial yeah. difference for sure. Like my dad, like it was like, my dad would only ever like spank me like three times, like actually like, like three hits. He would only ever go three times. Like he would never go overboard. He would never, you know, and he would sit me down and tell me, you know, Hey, like one time I stole something from a store. He spanked me for it. You know, yeah. I stole something. I totally understand why I got spanked for it. And he told me that he was like, you stole something. You, you, you can't steal. Stealing is bad. You know, blah, blah, blah. So my dad was never abusive. He just never defended me anything he just never protected us and that's something that like my whole family has wondered why why you couldn't just get a backbone why you couldn't just stand up because you know you would think like he's 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 the dad he's he's an adult he knows everything right so why he didn't just defend his kids mom my grandparents that i'm in contact now with that are like my family there were his parents and they said, they, they said the same thing. They're like, we didn't raise him like this. We don't know why he doesn't have a backbone. We don't know why he did this. We don't know why he didn't stand up for you. So yeah. like, that's the one thing no one gets is why he didn't stand up. It's hard to say. I mean, there's, it seems like certainly it was in part because of the way that your mom operated and, and lived her life everything that she did was at f- like spawning from a place of like causing fear or like yeah. she wanted you guys to be afraid. And clearly, you know, maybe it was the type of thing where your dad knew that some of the stuff was going on, uh, maybe all of it, maybe not all of it, but he felt like because he hadn't said something initially that it got harder and harder to speak up because he yeah. felt like this is something that now he is, maybe not condoning, but because he didn't say something right away, maybe the police would, he was more likely to believe what your mom was saying about the police being like, you're going to go to jail uh, because you didn't prevent this from happening. Um, Yeah. And and around that same time, I was asking my friends, it was kind of weird how I did it. It It's a really weird way that I did it. It was a really dumb way that I did it because I just like straight out asked them instead of like bringing it up in a like normal way. Cause like I was at church and we were like youth group. Everyone was like, it was after church, you know, like when everyone's talking and I was like sitting by my friend and I was like, Hey bro, it's like, has your mom ever just fucking beat your dick with a belt? <laughs> and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I'm just wondering, has that ever happened to you? 
And he was like, dude, that's fucking gay as fuck. And I was like, yeah, you're right. I don't know if gay is <laughs> and pretty much not gay, though. <laughs> yeah, it's not. He was my age. So like he didn't really know how to fucking do that. Like it yeah, wasn't like he was like trying to be like hating gays or anything, but he was just of course, didn't yeah. know what to say. Well, and it's a difficult goes, thing to respond to. Yeah. He goes and tells his mom that I asked him that when they get home. His mom calls my mom and is like, my son said that your son asked him if his mom beats him with a dick with a belt on his dick. And, you know, my mom like came up to me and she was like, what do you, you can't be talking about that, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, why not? I was like, why can't I talk about it? I was like, if it was just punishment, like you say it was, they would understand, wouldn't they? And she, you know, and she was like, you're being rebellious. You're having an attitude. And I was like, oh, am I? You know, I was, I was a lot more forward because I knew like at this point I was like, I have nothing to lose. And so then I went and like talked to my pastor about it. And I was like, Hey, this is what my mom did. And I told him literally everything that happens to me. And he was like, well, your mom says you're a very rebellious person and that you lie all the time. And I was like, I'm not lying. I was like, I'm not. I was like, why would I lie about this? I was like, why, why would I come and just tell you that my mom did this to me? I was like, that's embarrassing. That's not something that I would lie about. I was like, and I was like, I'm, I'm like, I need your help. And he was like, okay, well, we're going to keep talking. And then my pastor was a dumbass and told my mom that he was talking to me. And so my mom, she went, she goes, and she's like, if you were away from us, would you be happy? And I was thinking in my head, I was like, because my parents were like rich. So I was thinking they were about to give me my own place, my own apartment, you know, something. Right. And I was like, yeah, I'd be so fucking happy. I was like, I don't want to be here. I don't want to ever live with you guys ever again. I don't ever want to talk to you guys. And she was like, okay, we'll do that for you. And I was like, okay. So in my head, I was like, bro, I'm about to like get out. I'm going to be fine. You know, I was like, I made it. I'm fine now. Well, the next day after school, because I've been enrolled in public school now. The next day after school, she goes, okay, go to your room, get everything out of your room. And I was like, okay. So I get into my room and there's nothing in my room. Like my PlayStation is gone. My TV is gone. Literally everything's just gone. All I had was like a mattress on the floor, a pile of clothes and a Bible. That's literally all I had. And my mom's right behind me. And she goes, you're going to stay in here and locks the door. And the thing about my room was it was a storm shelter. So it had metal doors and it was so all she and like deadbolt. So all she did was reverse the deadbolt. Right. So I had like in my, like I was like the key part was facing me and she had the like actual, like where I could switch it. Right. And deadbolts are really hard to pick because I tried it. Like I, I tried using like just random things I could find to like shove in there and try to like pick it out and everything. Yeah. So my mom just left me in there and she gave me ramens and peanut butter to eat for like, what felt like a really long time. I don't, I think it was, I was actually only in there for like a month. Um, but it felt Whoa. like a really, really long time. She locked um, you in that room for a month. Yeah. But it felt like six months. Like it I'm, really felt I'm like bad. six months. Yeah. I didn't have my phone. I didn't have nothing. I just had the Bible. I read that book like seven times in that <laughs> month. But, um, what was going on in your head while you were in that room? Like, did you think that you were going to get out ever? 
no, I didn't. I was like, well, well, I was like, well, I wonder. I was like, if they were going to leave, and then I kind of like lost my brain for a little bit. Yeah. Like I literally, because for like the first couple of days, I was just mad. I was like, fuck, I just got played. I wasn't. I was outsmarted, you know, because I thought all this stuff. And then I was like trying to figure out a way to get out. And then I was like, there's no way out. I was like thinking in my head, I was like, what do I have to like do or do to like convince my mom that I'm not freaking, you know, crazy or bad. And my sister was on a trip this whole time, like the whole time that I was like locked in the basement and she came back. She realized that I was locked in my room and she waited till my mom left to like go to town and she comes down she like un- she like lets me in and she's like unlocks the door lets me into the rest of the house and she was like she was like why did she lock you in here and i was like i don't fucking know you know i was like thank you for letting me out and i was like hugging her you know i was like decided to get out and she was like what do you need and i was like i'm hungry like i was the first thing i could think about i don't know why it was the first thing i could think about but i was like i was literally i was like i'm fucking hungry right and she's like yeah. okay well she was like let's go to the kitchen let's get you some food She's like, I'm going to go call one of my friends and go to my friend's house. And we're going to call the cops. We're going to do something. They're going to take me to the police station. I'm going to tell them what's going on. And she was like, you need to come with me. And I was like, no, I'll be fine here. I was like, mom left. She was like, she's not going to be back for a good second. And I was like, okay. I was like, so I'll just stay here. Well, my sister left. And sure enough, my mom like literally comes back, walks to the door while I'm like microwaving food and everything (laughs) in the kitchen. Yeah. And I just look at her. And I'm like, fuck. In my head, I was like, fuck. You know what I mean? Because at yeah. this point, like my mom had already like tried to pepper spray me before. My mom had done like a shit ton of shit to me. I was like, I was like, fuck. I'm like, this is about to be bad. My mom um, looks at me and she goes, you need to go back downstairs. And I said, I am not going back downstairs. And she was like, you're an intruder. And I said, I'm not a fucking intruder. I was like, I'm your fucking son. Like, and I like screamed that at her. I was like, I'm your fucking son. Like, I was like, at this point, I was like, who, what, what is going through your head that you don't think that I'm your son, right? Like, like you're yeah. calling me an intruder. Like I'm a literal stranger. And she was like, no, you're an intruder, right? Yeah, you're an intruder. You, you're trying to send an intruder into your house further downstairs. That's where we keep the intruders. Like, yeah. feel free to kick me out. I'm down to leave here. Yeah. It was like, I was like, but she, she, she my, we're in Alabama. Everyone carries in Alabama, yeah. right? Literally everyone. Um, as soon as you turn 18, everyone goes and gets a gun and open carries and all, all, all this shit, right? Mm-hmm. So my mom was carrying and she goes, do you know what I do to intruders, right? And I was like, fuck. I was like, <laughs> what is about to happen? And my mom pulls out her gun and I was like, fucking shit, right? And I just started running. Like I ran out the fucking front door. Like I just bolted and ran. And I was like crying. Like at this point, I was just crying because I was like, I just got a gun pointed at me. I was like, yeah. by my own mom who thinks I'm some fucking intruder, right? I like, you know, my sister had left one of her phones. It wasn't turned on, but I had been really good friends with the neighbors before. So while I was running, I thought in my head, I was like, well, I need to contact someone, right? And I was like, well, I need to connect to the internet to do that. So I was like trying to connect to their internet as I was running. And I, like connected and then i was like well i'm gonna go call my i'm gonna go to the neighbors and ask them to call the cops right and the like the neighbors were like an acre out because we lived in the country so they were like an acre away Mm -hmm. so like i was like running through my front yard to get to their house so i was like running i had accidentally like fucking called one of my friends apparently like when i was putting it in my pocket i accidentally just called 
like the last person I had talked to on my Facebook because I logged into my Facebook, like on Facebook Messenger. And I just randomly called that person. I don't know how it happened. Um, But then I went to my neighbors and I was like scared for my fucking life. And I went, I was like, my mom just tried to shoot me. And they were like, what? And I was like, please, please. I was like, please call the cops, please. I was like, can I come in here? And they're like, yeah, you can come in here. They let me in. They locked the door. And I was like, they were like, what happened? They were like, we haven't seen you in forever. We've been worried about you. And I was like, yeah, I've been locked in my room. I was like, I haven't eaten anything. I was like, I, my mom just tried to shoot me because I went out and got out of my room. They're like, where's your sister? I was like, she's with her friends trying to get help. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to call the cops. We're going to call the cops. So they called the cops. The sheriff's got, came out. Um, my mom like ran, like got into her car, drove away after this. Like when I ran away, she drove away. Not sure if she was trying to find me or if she was just trying to get away. So the cops came and they, they, they talked to me and they were like, what, what happened? I told them and they were like, you were locked in a room. And I was like, yeah. And they're like, well, why didn't you call us sooner? I was like, I didn't have a cell phone, you know? Um, they're like, okay. And they were like, they understood that. And they were like, do you have any witnesses that can say that your mom literally said that to you? And I was like, no. And then the, the neighbors were like, he came to our house. He, they were like, he was crying. And they're like, yes, we understand he's shaken up. They're like, but do you have a witness that says that he, that she said that to him, right? Because they're like, unless she pulled the trigger, there's no way for us to know if that's exactly what she said to him. And what? I was like, no, I was like, I don't, they, I don't. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to talk to your mom. Well, my mom oh, good, was a, good. Well, my mom was a dumbass. She goes and she goes. They, they asked about the me being locked in a basement. And she goes, "Yeah, I did that." Wow. She was like complete dumbass because in her brain she was completely normal. And the cops like wrote in the report because they asked about if she had threatened to shoot me. She just didn't answer. So like the cops were like, "Okay, so we have one person saying he he, he did she did." And she just didn't answer. She never said she didn't. And she never said she did. She just didn't answer the question. She answered the question about me being locked in a room. So, Which is probably, uh, you know, more than enough to be a red flag from the cop's perspective that she probably yeah. shouldn't be around you anymore. Yeah. And so then the cops called CPS um, and CPS, you know, did an investigation and the cops were nice because like they knew we were about to get taken by CPS, I guess, I guess they knew what was about to happen. And so they were, they were, they were like, well, we can wait here for CPS. And they were like, or oh, unless you have some place where you can stay for a couple of days while CPS does their investigation. And then they're like, you're going to go to a group home probably, or you're going to go to, you know, someone's house in foster care. Um, and we're, so one of our friends let us stay with them for a little bit for like two days until cps took custody um and then we got placed in a group home um how did that feel i was happy Mm -hmm. because at the end of the day like 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 i had like my my own mom like point a gun at me i was like i'd rather be in dhr than ever like have that ever happen again you know what i mean i was like you know and i mean a lot of my family was like why didn't you just hold out you know because it was a few months away from my 18th birthday. And they were like, why didn't you just hold out um, and everything? A lot of my family thought that way. And I was like, what, what, hold out from what? And get maybe actually get shot. Maybe, yeah. maybe you know, actually her heart pulled the trigger. What is she going to say? I shot myself. I killed myself because that's what she would say. 
I was like, oh, what? I was like, what, what would you want me to do? Yeah, you, you know, want me to go like, back into the room? You want me to go back to my room jail cell for another two months before I turn 18? That's insane. Yeah. My grandparents that I'm with now, we kind of like had a disagreement and they're like, they're like, if you just stayed, you know, because it was their son, the my mom married their son. They're like, we would still have our son. Right. And I was like, which would you rather have your, your grandkid die or your son, you know, from five to 17, which is 12 years. I went, I said, I was strong enough to take the abuse. And I was like, at, five, at some point I just decided I couldn't take it anymore. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, what do you, what do you want? I was like, what did you want? And they like kind of understood that. And they were like, and I was like, and it's not like your son defending me. I was like, you know, I was like, it's not like your son. Cause I was kind of, a, I mean, I was a dick with the way I said it. Cause I was mad. But I, I, I literally told so them I was warranted. like, it's just so yeah. reasonable. Yeah. I literally looked at them and I was like, I was like, your son that you raised, that you think you raised so perfectly and amazing was the one who didn't defend me. So obviously it's part of your fault. And then I told them even further and I was like, don't even sit here and pretend you didn't know I was getting abused. You didn't call the cops either. It's like, you didn't call the CPS. I was like, don't sit here and act like everyone in my life didn't know I was getting abused and just didn't do shit. Yeah. And they were like, well, we were scared. And I was like, yeah, what do you think about me yeah. and everything? So I was really, really, really mad. Cause like afterwards, the immediate aftermath of like how I felt was anger. Like I felt angry at literally everyone. I just felt like, um, I, I, I blamed literally everyone. I blamed my pastor. I literally told him exactly what was happening and he didn't do shit. And I almost, you know, and like to this day, I think like, like my mom was completely and utterly capable of shooting me. People were like, oh, she only threatened. No, like, I really think she would have done it, like, to this yeah. day. So, and I um, think that it's like, it's interesting to hear your story because so many people are not believed when they speak up initially. And yeah. it really is like the perfect example of how you have to keep talking about it until people start believing you. Eventually, it'll happen. Yeah. Generally, when it's people that are like emotionally invested in the people that you're accusing of doing these things, that's yeah. when you get the resistance and people not wanting to believe you. And it, 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 yeah. it makes sense. It doesn't mean it's right. But even if you're not believed by everyone that you know, everyone in your family, that doesn't mean that it didn't happen or that you're wrong or that or that you shouldn't keep speaking up. And I think that you your story just really highlights that how you just have to be resilient and eventually yeah. people will believe you. Yeah, well, and like for me, like I went through like a good second for like a good two years um afterwards it was so i mean i got married really young just because i wanted like that perfect family i kind of got like obsessed with it i mean i brought up my baby mama in my videos it was going to be a toxic relationship right off the bat because i entered it in a toxic mindset i entered it in wanting a perfect relationship wanting this family that i never had and what was the time frame of that so this happened when you were about to turn 18 you... I, got ma- yeah, go I got married when i was right before i turned 19 so it was about about a year after everything, like when I turned 18, I started doing all the paperwork to join the army. So that got me out of DHR. My sister stayed in until she was 20 because uh, CPS kept her in and they, they'll keep you in and they'll pay for your college all the way up till you're 21. Like they'll pay for your whole college degree, um, which is good. And that's what my sister did. But um, me, I wanted to join the army. I wanted to be on my own. I wanted to like, I was like, I'm, I'm done with being in a group home i'm done living my life like i'm still like thinking about my mom and everything i was like i'm just gonna move on i'm gonna be better i'm going to show the world like in my head i was like i'm gonna be better than everybody ever thought i could be 
yeah. you know, a lot of my family said I was a disappointment for not being strong enough. And so I honestly felt like I wasn't strong enough. So then it was, it was a proving a point. I'm going to go join the army. I'm going to do be super successful. I'm going to do everything that my family thought I couldn't fucking do. And I'd made a lot of dumb decisions because of that, you know, getting married young, having a kid young. I mean, I love my daughter. I love my son, but I was way too young. And the, the relationship was way too young to deal with that type of stress. And I was too dumb, too naive to pick a good partner who was also mentally mature enough to be ready for a relationship. You know, mm-hmm. I went and I just ran with it, but I was in the army. Um, and I had, um, I was going through the divorce and the, this kind of like was where I woke up and I came back to like how I am now. So my grandparents called me, they knew I was getting divorced. They called me and they were like, you, you fucked up your family. Your kids are now going to have a split home. They're like, now neither one of your kids are going to actually have their parents full time. They're like, you really just mess everything up. Don't you? And I was like really sad about that because my grandparents are people I really looked up to. So for them to say that to me, I was very, very frustrated. And so I was like, well, you know, my baby mama had her own new boyfriend that she had cheated on me with. My sister was like mad and was like, well, our grandparents are mad. So what are you doing? All this stuff. And I just couldn't take it anymore. And I went and I was, I tried to overdose and I just started popping pills. And I was at this like smoking pit area. And my, my friend was there, my, what we call battle buddies he was looking at me and he was like, Hey, he's like, I thought you already took your medication today. Cause I had ADHD. And I was like, I was like, no, I forgot it. He was like, Oh, okay. Then he saw me like taking another one. He was, he was like, why are you taking another one? I was like, I just want to concentrate. Yeah. And then he was like, are you okay? And I was like, I want to sleep. And he was like, what do you mean? And I was like, dude, I just want to fucking go to sleep. And he was like, all right, sorry, bro. And so like, he started talking on the phone to one of his friends and I kept popping the pills and then he looks and he's like saw me popping him like he like turned around because he wasn't paying attention to me while he was on the phone and he like turned around and he's like why are you still popping them and i was like hey dude i'm just gonna go to my room i was starting to tear up and that's why like i was going to my room and he was like what's wrong with you he was like you need to fucking tell me before i go and tell the drill sergeants because i was in ait at this time he was like before i go and tell the drills it's like where you learn your job so you go to basic training then you go to ait and that's your specialized job that's what you do in the army so I was it and I was doing that. And so he was like, I'm going to go tell the fucking drill sergeants. And I was like, don't tell him I'm fine. Right. And I was like, I'm going to go to my room. I'll see you at final formation. And so I went to my barracks room. Um, I had had a house there, but that's a whole nother, like that was just me and my baby mama. After she cheated, they put me back in the barracks room because they felt that that would be too much drama, too much potential for anything bad to happen. Right. Mm-hmm. So they moved me back into the bar- barracks room and she was at the house. So my friend texts her and is like, hey, he's taking a shit ton of pills. So then she uh, like she called the drill sergeants. So then the drill sergeants came to my room. I was like starting to like feel tired. I was like feeling passed out. And they were like, you need to vomit right now. I couldn't vomit. So they called an ambulance. I got rushed to the fucking hospital on base. Mm -hmm. They gave me charcoal to drink, which is what they do, because the charcoal will soak up all of that shit. Um, and like the nurse looked at me and was like, Hey, why did you do this? You know, she was like, you're so young. You're so this and everything. And I was like, I was like, just no one cares. You know what I mean? I was like, I've never had people that genuinely care about me. I was like, I've lived my life to prove everyone wrong and to like be super strong. And I was like, I'm tired of being strong. I can't be strong anymore. 
And she was like, well, what is something that you really want that you can do? And I don't know why for the life of me, I said this, but I was like, I want a vanilla iced coffee from Starbucks. <laughs> like, that's what I said. And it was just because I had been like drinking the charcoal shit and it was disgusting. Yeah. And I was like, I just want a vanilla iced coffee. Right? And she, after her shift, literally came and brought me a vanilla iced coffee thing. Right. So then like that made me like think I was like, maybe people do genuinely care. So automatically after you've gone and tried to commit suicide in the army, you're, you're reevaluated for your mental health because, you know, the army's mentally draining. It's really hard. And so they gave me a psychiatrist, right? And I went in to the psychiatrist and I treated it at first, just like every other psychiatrist I've been to. They just don't understand. They're not going to believe me. They're just not going to care. And she was like, you know, she was like, you're just not, she was like, you're not really opening up. And I was like, I don't know. I was like, there's just nothing. I was like, I just, I guess I just had a bad day. She was like, having a bad day doesn't mean you go and kill yourself. So why did you do it? Well, she was like, what? Tell me about your life. Tell me why you feel like no one cares. And I just didn't tell her. And so the, like the next, next session, she came in and she was like, I want to tell you something about yourself. And I was like, okay. She was like, you're scared. I've gone through my mom abusing me, my mom beating me, like all this shit that I've gone through. And I was like, I'm not fucking scared. Yeah. And she was like, you're scared of women. And I was like, what? I was like mind boggled at why she came up with this idea that I was scared of women. She was like, you purposely stay away from me. You pick the seat that's farthest away from me. You can't make eye contact with me. You like, don't touch me at all. She was like, not even a handshake, nothing. You're scared, which makes me think that either your baby mama was super abusive to you or it was your mom or some figure that was a mom to you. Little did I know that this, she was like an ex-profiler for the FBI. And she was like, you know, she was like, I think you're really all your, your choices that you made in your life is based off your trauma, off your mom. And, she, and then I just was like, fuck, you know, she was like, I was like, she actually realizes what's going on. You know, she she showed me like that, all these like triggers that I had and all these things that I was going through and why I was doing all these things. And I realized I was like, you know, I've lived my whole life scared of this trauma that I went through. I've lived my whole life scared of what my mom did to me, scared of what anyone else could do to me and proving that I was strong because I felt that I wasn't strong. It wasn't really that I figured it was my mom's fault. It was more my fault in my head because I just didn't stop it. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't something that I could stop. There was no way I could stop it. I was a child. I was a kid. There was, there, I didn't have the power to stop it. Yeah. I mean, my dad literally didn't know any better. I mean, it yeah. was like you had nothing to compare it to. That was your first experience with this new family. And yeah, it's uh, it's such a common theme amongst victims to put the blame on yourself. I know I felt the same way when I didn't speak up the first time. I was like, well, yeah. they, is this because I like this? Is this because this is what I is supposed to be happening? Is this normal? Like you just don't know any better. And so as it goes on, you create justifications for why it's happening and oftentimes you end up being the reason in your head why it's going on so i totally empathize with you yeah and like i mean i struggled with like the same things of did i like it you know with my mom like you know molesting me i literally didn't have sex until i was like 18 and even then i was so fucking scared of it that i literally couldn't even get hard i was just so scared of the whole thought of it like sure. and like it was with my baby mama, like, cause I, like, I lost my virginity to my baby mama. And she was like, what in the fuck is going on? She's like, do you just think I'm being ugly or something? And I was like, no, no. I was like, and then she was like, okay. She was like, do you need to go like watch porn or something? She was like, you need to go watch that. And I was like, 
yeah, let me try that. So I go to the bathroom. I still couldn't get harder. I was just, my heart was racing so bad because I was so scared of it yeah. and everything. I mean, eventually like I got over it and like I was able to do it because I have two kids, but. How were you able to get over it? I literally just closed my eyes and I just thought about anything different. Like I thought, like I just, I literally thought about anything different. I was like, I was like, I'm just going to keep thinking about some porn video I watch or some this or some that, something that I'm comfortable with. Right. Yeah. And I was just like letting my mouth, like my mind bounce to anything else that I was thinking about and not trying to think about um, my mom. Right. Um, yeah. It's funny. So, like normally guys are thinking about other things so they don't come too fast. You're, trying, yeah. you're thinking about other things so that you can stay hard. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like I was literally like, I was just trying so fucking hard and um, you know, and then I like a little bit also that I noticed, and I, I think I made a video about it. Um, but I noticed that I was like rougher, like then I had no problem. And like my psychologist was telling me about that. And she was like, yeah, because you're taking your anger out of, she was like, that's what you're doing right there. She was like, your, your mind is still thinking about your mom. You're just not realizing it. And you're just taking it out on her because you're mad. And now you feel like you're in control. Now you feel like you have the power. Like one time I was having sex with like my baby mama and she like, like tried to ride me. It's technically mentally like a dominant position for the girl. It freaked me out so bad. Mm. I like started having like a panic attack. Literally, I like started shaking really bad, and so I like just stopped having sex. Like I just didn't. I just didn't have it because in my in my head, I've always said I'm never going to become like my mom. Right? Mm -hmm. you know, I take psychology now, and a lot of times the person who's abused becomes the abuser, right? Because yeah. they don't deal with their trauma in the right way, so they become the abuser because in their mind, it's all they've known and that's all they can comprehend and i was like so like i realized i was like okay so i'm doing all these dumb this dumb shit i mean everything was like consensual right but it was still like a warning sign to me you're you're going down a bad path you keep doing this you're going to go more extreme you're going to push the boundaries you're going to try to do something else you know yeah. and so i was like okay well what do i need to do so i took sex out of it and i was like all right now i'm just not going to be scared of women right but i still was because i sex was not the only thing that my mom hurt me with right yeah totally so after me and my baby mama got divorced i just didn't get with anyone i just didn't date anyone kept just like being friends with women and then i started my tiktok page and i was like no one's going to realize that men go through abuse no one's going to realize that men go through anything without men going and sharing their story i was like because the only way that people are going to believe that men go through abuse is if i go and i tell this horrendous story that happened to me right mm-hmm and the more I told it, the better I felt, the stronger I felt from it. Like, I realized I was like, you know what? Everything that I've always wanted, proving that I'm stronger, proving that I'm better, now I'm doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I can actually help victims. I can actually realize, show people, this is how victims feel. And so that's why, like, now, every time that I, like, post my videos about me, I try to, like, correlate it to how victims feel. You know what I mean? So, like, if I, yeah. like, like, if I do a story about my mom, I'll be like, this is how it felt. And... It really helped me. And then I was hearing all these stories of women, like women were DMing me. I'm not going to say her name because I promised never to say her name, but mm -hmm. she was like, Hey, I saw one of your videos and it really related to me. And she was like, my brother raped me and my family didn't really do shit about it. I was like, and I felt so sad, but then I realized I was like, you know what? The same feeling of fear that I have towards women and the same feeling that I have of women could possibly hurt me is how these women feel too. You know, my story's pretty out there. Like my story's pretty crazy. 
but so is so is getting raped by your brother you know what i mean yeah man and i realized that like all these victims like all all of us have our own stories and i was like why am i scared of everyone because of one person when all of these people also feel scared because one person fucked their life up you know and that's kind of like where my opinion changed and i was like not so scared of women anymore you know and that was like way earlier in my tiktok and everything so that's kind of like what helps me like change right because i was like i started my like tiktok as soon as i was like i was strong enough to be like i can share my story and i can tell you guys but i didn't realize and everything and so like the more i've done like these videos the more understanding i've gotten the more like realization i've gotten of how everyone else feels too you know what i mean a hundred percent man and it really is an issue that transcends gender and age and it affects everyone and it's cool to see you taking the the power back and transforming this thing that was causing you to not be able to trust women into something that now you're becoming a resource for women i mean i i imagine that girl who reached out to you about her brother raping her probably hasn't spoken to many people about that And that's an outlet that you provided for her that you never would have been able to provide if you hadn't healed your own issues with women. And it's an amazing thing about TikTok and and social media in general is being able to put us in touch with these people who we never would have been able to communicate with otherwise on this super profound level. That's like, hey, like I see you and know how you feel right now and you're not alone. And knowing that you're not alone is one of the biggest things. And it just makes it feel like you actually can heal. And um I think it's just awesome, man. How has the experience in your life affected your parenting style? How do you do anything in particular now um, that you think is a result of your childhood and your experiences? Yeah, definitely. So I don't, I don't, I don't spank my kids. I don't like, like, I don't use any physical form of like anything. I'll talk to my kids and I'll tell them what they did wrong and everything. And I'll just put them in timeout. I'm, deathly scared of becoming exactly like my mom it's definitely one of like being a parent is one of my like biggest fears that i'll become like her or do something remotely similar to what she did i choose to use more words voice that opinion voice that emotion and then i tell her you know she'll she'll be like daddy i fucking she's like well she doesn't cuss like that but she's like daddy i hate she's like daddy i hate you you didn't give me youtube and i'm like oh you hate me why do you hate me She's like, because you didn't give me YouTube. Instead of now I've like taken her hating me to her communicating, me being able to communicate to her why she can't have something that she really, really wants. And that's something that I never, my parents never did. They never, they never communicated with me, you know, ever. Fostering that open line of communication is so important for your overall relationship with your kids and anyone really. Kids that feel like they can fully express themselves to their parents are so much more likely to come forward about an experience that they've had with a friend or another parent, some sort of an abusive experience that they've had. If they feel like they can tell you anything, they're so much more likely to tell you that. And um, you really have taken, you know, you've learned so much clearly from your experiences and are now providing a foundation for your kids to grow up in that you might not have had when you were growing up, but now you can provide that for them, which I can imagine is extremely rewarding. And um, 
and I'll let you go just, just after this last question here, because I can hear yeah. them communicating in the background. Yeah, <laughs> so, <there you. laughs> um, the last thing I wanted to ask you is uh, what advice would you give to somebody who has been through something similar or might be experiencing something similar to the story that you just shared today? What would you say to somebody who is in that situation, who's hoping to get to the point that you're at now? Okay, so it's something that I really think is important. It's to forgive yourself. I had to look at myself and realize that I blamed myself so much for it. I forgave myself for letting it happen. I forgave myself for the times I couldn't stand up for my sister. I, I forgave myself for the times that there was that I lied and the abuse continued. And once I forgave myself and I realized that, you know what, you, you don't have to blame yourself anymore is when I realized that I could start opening up. That's when I started to have the most understanding towards other people is the moment I let myself off the hook. Mm-hmm. So, and then also to realize that that person is the sole person to blame. You know what I mean? Yeah, man, I do know what you mean. It's so easy to be wrapped up in assigning blame to yourself for whatever reason, not speaking up fast enough or not being yeah. strong enough, however you feel. But um, I think you're right. I think you have to forgive yourself for whatever perceivable mistakes you may have made or things that you should have done differently. There's so much to be gained from forgiving yourself right now. And you are at your most helpful to other people who have been through something similar if you have forgiven yourself. So um, yeah, man, I just want to thank you so much for doing this, for taking the time. I, I know you're <laughs> very busy and uh, have kids to attend to. So thank you yeah. so much for doing this, man. And uh, for anybody who uh, wants to check out Alex Page, it's super interesting. He's got great content. And what is your handle, by the way, Alex? Alex Schrock, official one. Alex Schrock, official one. Anything else that you'd like to plug or, or, or say or anything like that? I, I don't think so. I don't think I have anything to plug. Yeah. I just, my kids came out right as I was like, they're, they're following me right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. And uh, right. thank you so much for taking the time, man. Best of luck with everything. I look forward to continuing to follow your TikTok page. Yeah, same to you, buddy. Thank you so much. Talk soon. Right, Take bye. care.